You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. I didn't see you sitting in your stand. I didn't know I was walking on your land. I leaned down just to get a big bite of grass. Had a feeling something wasn't right Then I saw a flash of Oh no you didn't light Next thing I knew I was on my ass You didn't have to shoot me You didn't have to kill me You didn't have to gut me In that field It cut the meat off my back You didn't have to skin me It make me into jerky <laughs> or put me in your freezer and mount my rack cause you had me at me Hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name's Paul. I'm not an animal expert. My name is Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. In the week since we recorded last, I have failed again to become an animal (laughs) expert. So... Sorry about that. Uh, We're getting closer trying. and closer every week. Yeah, I keep trying. Um, <laughs> today we're going to talk about deer. Deer. We're mostly going to talk about North American species. Um, there are deer all over the flipping world, and it's likely they'll have a few different episodes of the deer family. So today we're just mostly going to focus on the guys that we live with here in Norte Americano. Or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Here, on the big old slab. <laughs> <laughs> but first, the news. This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. There was a break-in at a Seneca, South Carolina bank Monday morning and the intruder was caught before he could even take a buck. The fire department was notified around 8.50 a.m. that a deer had smashed through the window at a BB&T bank on the Highway 123 bypass. There's a wooded area behind the bank with a pond fed from Lake Kiowee, so the bank is in the deer's home, kind of not the other way around, which is the way things tend to be. Mm-hmm. The fire chief said that he and the other firefighters often watch deer nearby, but it is the first case of a deer in a building in Seneca in at least 30 years. The deer didn't break any legs or appear to have any serious injuries, but it did break off a six-point antler when it went into the building, so there was blood on the walls and the carpet. The deer also smashed some of the drywall in the building. It knocked over some computers and printers, and it was inside for at least a half hour before the firefighters and police officers covered up the deer with a blanket. You know it went pee and poop in there, too, probably. Probably. It was probably freaking out, like, ah, why am I in here? (laughs) Yeah. What is this funky cave? (laughs) (laughs) 
The bank employees had been herded into an office away from the deer so that they could catch it. The bank was closed afterwards because obviously there was a lot of damage in there, and the deer mm -hmm. is expected to survive its minor injuries. Well, that is a crazy story. I wonder why he was robbing the bank. I guess he needed a few bucks. <laughs> I think they see the reflection on the glass, and then they they go either th go through the glass or they realize they've made a grave mistake. My friend <laughs> yeah. Jason tells me that he was over at my house one time, and the house I grew up in is right across from a nature reserve, and it's still a nature reserve. And he was sitting in my living room, and he swears that he saw a huge buck run right up to the window and then run away. Oh, so yeah. So we almost had a deer in my living room at home down here in Florida. <laughs> they do it sometimes. They get into buildings. They, they, they think, you know, I don't know what they think, honestly, but they, 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 they come crashing through. I have a friend that went to high school, and um, Varmint's show listener Bennett Hendry will uh, definitely know who I'm talking about, but I won't say his name on the air. We have a friend that when we went to high school with that uh, has run into a deer on his motorcycle, I think twice, <laughs> 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 and maybe three times, uh, so we used to call him wow. the deer seeker. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. I think it might have been three times. <laughs> anyway, Man. Ben will remember. That's for you, He'll Ben. He'll tell us in the Varmint's discussion group. <laughs> that's for you, buddy. But, uh, yeah, so that's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. <sighs> so let's have, just as a reminder, go on over to BlazingCaribouStudios.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at, at Varmint's Podcast, all one word. And at varmanspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. If you like the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a nice little rating and review. And uh, also, we're keeping a Pinterest board after each episode. And you can find the link to that in our show notes at the bottom of the page. So, let's go on and learn about Dia. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now, I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? We are blathering about deer today. Deer is the singular and plural term for the ruminant mammals forming the family Cervidae. And sometimes I will say deers with an S on the end because I'm a dummy. Some members <laughs> of the deer family include the reindeer or caribou, which Paul Wilk and I did on an episode on a little less than a year ago, so go check that one out. The red deer, the sika deer, and here in North America, the very popular white-tailed deer. There's also the mule deer. There's all kinds of deers. Deers. See, I just did it. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> when you get into subfamilies and species and subspecies, there are nearly 100 different types of deer all around the world. Antarctica and Australia are the only two continents that do not have some sort of deer. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's no deer in Australia. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, that never even occurred to me. <laughs> that there's no deer in Australia? Yeah, I just, it, it just never even, I mean, it makes complete sense. It just never occurred to me, like, <laughs> Characteristics that are typical of deer include long, powerful legs, a tiny little tail, long ears, and antlers that detach and regrow. This sets them apart from other antlered animals whose antlers are permanent. Since there are so many species of deer, size and color vary greatly, and there's little tiny deer and there's great big deer, and generally speaking, following Bergman's rule, the further away from the equator you are, the larger the deer will be. 
Uh, in many parts of North America right now, in the autumn of 2017, it is white-tailed deer hunting season. Males are called bucks or stags, females are called does or hinds, and young deer are called fawns. The word deer used to have a very, very broad meaning. The Old English word deer and the Middle English word der used to be applied to any sort of wild animal. But over time, the meaning became more and more specific, although the German word tier and the Norwegian word deer still mean just a general wild animal, not a member of the Cervidae family. Okay, did you know that deers are really good at smelling things? Deers have really that. super, super smellers. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I was, I was um, really impressed. A white-tailed deer has 300 million olfactory receptors in its nose. If a bloodhound has 230 million, (laughs) 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 then that would make it 70 million more than a bloodhound. So Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. Humans have 5 million, just as in comparison. Man. We are really functionally blind compared to most other animals. <laughs> this must be why our dogs look at us like we're crazy sometimes when we're on walks. We're like, come on, we gotta go. And they're like, what are you kidding? This smell here is amazing. What's oh, wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, deer can smell even better than that. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, that's that sort of struck me as incredible. And there's not a whole lot more to say about that except, wow, who would have guessed? But, uh,. <laughs> The other note I had was just uh, that deer stomp to tell each other there's danger nearby. Did you know that? <laughs> they like no, I didn't. Stomp their little feet. They're like stomp. There's danger. Hey, you guys, stomp, stomp, and uh, and then they also will lift their tails. That little white tail deer, especially that tail going up, means yes. run, <laughs> <laughs> run away. So yeah. So deer also have incredible hearing, right? He- I don't know. Or do they? Well, some people think they do. Hunters will tell stories about how the tiniest little noise spooked the deer that they were stalking. Uh-huh. But there was a landmark study that was done by the University of Georgia. And now we have a much better understanding of what exactly deer can actually hear. Uh-huh. So just a brief review of what sound is. Sound is just the vibration of air molecules, right? Mm-hmm. And so the speed at which the air molecules vibrate describes the sound's frequency. And the faster the vibration, the higher the frequency. And frequency is measured in hertz. Now, normal human hearing ranges from 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. Sounds below 20 hertz are referred to as infrasound, and sounds above 20,000 hertz are referred to as ultrasonic. Now, it's important to note here that low-frequency sounds travel much farther than high-frequency sounds. Sometimes you'll see those deer whistles in the store that they mount on the vehicle, and they're used by motorists in hopes of preventing deer and vehicle collisions, and they're supposed to emit ultrasonic sounds as you're driving. And the manufacturers of these devices claim that these devices can be heard by deer but not by humans. So, what they did at the University of Georgia is they studied these deer and they studied their hearing. They designed a sound testing booth at a research facility where they could monitor the brain waves of deer in response to various sounds. And they used the specialized computer software, and the researchers would interpret signals transmitted by electrodes 
inserted just below the deer's skin and determine what frequencies of sound deer could hear and not hear. So they tested frequencies ranging from 250 hertz to 30,000 hertz, so well in the range of what humans could hear and just a tiny bit above what humans can detect. Hmm. And they learned that the deer were capable of hearing throughout this entire range. So in general, deer hearing appears very, very similar to ours, except in the high frequencies. They can hear sounds at slightly higher frequencies than humans. But those sounds have to be louder because, as we said, high-frequency sounds don't travel as far as low-frequency sounds. So the deer whistles are bunk. Correct. That's right. A deer's hearing is most sensitive and acute to moderate frequencies between 4,000 and 8,000 hertz. Well, guess whose voice, normal talking voice, is between 4,000 and 8,000 hertz? A human? Yep, humans. So like a human hunter just sitting there chatting with his buddy. Exactly. And that's right in their sweet spot for a deer's hearing. I bet they can smell them too because, man... Oh, for sure. For sure. We'll get into it later, but there's a whole line of products out there designed to mask scent and keep you quiet so that you can stalk a deer more easily if you're hunting it. Right. So frequency-wise, a deer's hearing isn't a whole lot better than humans. They don't have this superhuman hearing, but here is where they have the advantage. The size, shape, and maneuverability of a deer's ears kind of helps it to pinpoint where a sound is coming from. So if they hear a sound their ears will immediately point in that direction. So they use their ears like binoculars. And we've all done the thing where you amplify your hearing by cupping your hands behind your ears. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much those big ears. That's what they do. But here's the other thing. While a deer's overall hearing ability isn't a whole lot different than ours, it's far more in tune with its surroundings because their survival depends on the use of their senses to detect potential predators far enough in advance so that they can escape unharmed. So if your life depended on correctly identifying every little sound in your environment, your ears would be way more in tune with your surroundings. So the deer know what the forest is supposed to sound like. They know what the woods is supposed to sound like. So any tiny change in that soundscape, whether it's metal scraping on something, somebody trying to be really quiet about clearing their throat or opening a bag or undoing some Velcro is going to immediately raise a red flag and is going to spook that deer and they're going to run away. Mm -hmm. So they're just super, super, super sensitive to their environment. Well, they are pretty good at getting away from stuff. That's their job, kind of, so... (laughs) Yes, that is. Make a lot of babies and run as fast as you can. That's a good strategy (laughs) if you are a prey animal. (laughs) They're they're made of meat, and there's a lot of things that eat them out there. Coyotes and wolves and mountain lions and bears. So they've kind of adapted to to get away from that stuff and to be to to you know to be very very alert. (laughs) Yes, interesting. They are really neat critters for sure. They. Very, very cool. They sure are pretty. I really think they're pretty. Speaking of that, it's disclaimer time. The Varmints podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, but then we only really have the yardstick of ourselves to go by, so we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So there's a bunch of anecdotal stuff I ran across in an article online that's has some pretty impressive stories about deer learning from experience. 
Yeah. Deer that are more wary will survive the hunting season. They'll have the chance to breed and pass on the genes that promote adaptive behavior and survival, which is exactly what natural selection is, and I know that's not the same as intelligence. But there's some pretty cool stories in this article. I think there's probably more intelligence there than I originally thought with a deer. I gave him a six. Yeah, um, I think probably I would give him more for a four or five. I mean, being able to figure out that something isn't going to eat you doesn't seem like that complicated of a puzzle, so they can certainly do that. <laughs> uh, but as far as other puzzles, I haven't seen anything that shows that they can, you know, get out of situations like think of the deer that went to the bank that had to be removed like he crashed through a window presumably the window was open and he could have left through the same place that he got that he uh, came in through but he couldn't figure oh, out the puzzle true. to get out of the same room so mm. you know he was maybe he was too stressed maybe he was too afraid I don't know but maybe in a calm situation he could be able to figure out the puzzle but certainly when we're talking about intelligence it's super subjective of course always but i would i think i would bring him down a couple points just because i I kind of feel like just because that one dumb deer couldn't find the open window no no, but like if i saw in a really cool documentary i'll put in the show notes which was like the secret life of deer or something these people put coyote silhouettes in their yards hoping that that would encourage the deer to stay away and not eat their plants and the deer figured out that the coyotes weren't real pretty quickly so no (laughs) i mean but what i'm saying is if if you're an animal whose job it is to know what's not going to eat you then that's not actually that high of a an achievement that's an average intelligence deer (laughs) that can tell (laughs) what's not going to eat you right so (laughs) in comparison to other animals and problem solving capabilities i think i'd maybe go down to a four or five but they are beautiful though they are beautiful and uh like if you had to give them style points if you were going to give them style points i think you'd really have to just give them a lot are we going to find an animal that isn't a 10 i just don't know we haven't had one yet (laughs) yet we will the females are, are the females are are <laughs> you know streamlined and you know just lanky and beautiful and they have such a beautiful soft eyes and stuff and the males are like buff and they have like these big huge racks of antlers that are just glorious and everything they're they're beautiful and the babies are oh my god the babies are so cute <laughs> They're an attractive animal. They're just gorgeous. So I think so too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give them a give them a ten for style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should re- deduct one point because they don't really sound really cool. Like when they talk, when they make sounds, they go. <laughs> so maybe they're nine <laughs> just because of that. <laughs> okay, it's our first non-ten. You lose a point for sounding ugly. Have you ever heard a deer go? Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the majestic stag climbs the hill, and he goes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, elks do that bugling I, thing, but that's a, that's these are just these are like white tails and mule deer and stuff like that. We're gonna probably have elks have their own show later. They're still a deer, but they're different. So, um. <laughs> yeah. But they do the bugling, which is pretty cool. But other deer just kind of go, meh. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't able to find anything about what calls male deer make other than elk, so. I couldn't find anything either, but yeah, it's I don't know what you expect a deer to sound like, but they don't sound like what you expect them to sound like, for sure. If anybody can find uh, sounds of deer going, making cool sounds, like deer, deer, not elk, not moose, not caribou, but like regular little white tail and stuff like that, send them to us at varmintspodcast at gmail.com because <laughs> we want to hear them. We weren't able to find deer sound and cool. They mostly just go, <laughs> So... All right. Well, we're going to talk about some deer in pop culture, and we're going to have a little bit of a quiz. But first, this commercial. Hey, do you know what the world needs? What's that? More comic book podcasts. Really? Yeah, I know. You know what else the world needs? Huh? More video game podcasts. Isn't there a way we can talk about both? Hmm. Ours! I'm Chris. I'm Sean. And we do Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic book properties and how well they stick to that source material. And if they really suck, we rip into them hard. Because way too many of them do. Uh-huh. Check us out over at playcomics.com or any of your favorite podcast catchers. Ha-ha! And now for something completely different. Hey, you know, Donna and I, we're just a couple of nerds like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time, on movies, TV, and video games. And this seemed like the obvious choice this week. Mm. Walt Disney, the world's greatest storyteller, brings the world's greatest love story to the screen. Bambi. The story that proves that love can be loaded with laughs. Well, what's the matter with them? They're Twitterpated. Twitterpated? Yes. Nearly everybody gets Twitterpated in the springtime. It's not gonna happen to me. Me neither. It can happen to anybody. For example, you're walking along, minding your own business, when all of a sudden... You run smack into a pretty face. <laughs> you begin to get weak in the knees. Your head's in a whoa. And then you feel light as a feather. And then you know what? You're not for a loop. And you completely lose your head. Bambi. The story of a deer who learned that love means many things to many people. To his parents, it means courage and sacrifice. It is man. We must go deep into the forest. Hurry. So, of course, that's part of the trailer for Bambi, which was a 1942... 1942? Holy Mm -hmm. cow. Mm -hmm. American animated film produced by Walt Disney and based on the book Bambi, A Life in the Woods by a guy named Felix Salton. It was only Disney's fifth animated feature film. The main characters, of course, are Bambi, which is a white-tailed deer, his parents. The father is called the Great Prince of the Forest, and his mother does not have a name. His friends Thumper, who's a rabbit, and Flower, who's a skunk, and his childhood friend and future mate, Feline. Classic, classic, classic movie. I don't know anybody who has not seen the movie Bambi. I won't go into the whole plot thing, because I think everybody has seen it, but I will tell you a 
few little trivia, a little bit of uh, a few little facts about the movie. For the movie, Disney took the liberty of changing Bambi's species into a white-tailed deer from the original species of roe deer in the book because roe deer aren't no native to North America and the white-tailed deer is more widespread in the United States. The writing for this movie was completed in July 1940, by which time the film's budget had increased to $858,000, which in today's money is almost $13 million, which sounds like even today's money, not a whole lot of money, not a, not a huge budget for a film, but World War II was happening. And so Pinocchio and Fantasia both bombed at the box office. People weren't going to the movies. And so facing this financial difficulty, Disney was forced to cut 12 minutes from the film before final animation to save on production costs. On its first release, this movie also bombed. It lost money. And it also got mixed reviews from critics who wanted more fantasy elements in the movie rather than just the story of animals surviving in the wilderness. Of course, the movie came back. It got more popular over time. In December 2011, Bambi was among the films selected for preservation in the Library of Congress's National Film Registry. And in its induction, the registry said that the film was one of Walt Disney's favorites and that it has been recognized for its eloquent message of nature conservation. Yeah, that was actually the first movie I ever saw in the theater as a human being. Oh, wow. I was four. (laughs) (laughs) I was four years old. Donna is not 76 years old, everybody. No, I saw it in 19... 1973? Yeah. So they they re-released it in the theater when you were a four-year-old? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, they used to, before they had this thing called the internet, they used to re-release re, uh, movies in theaters a lot when we were kids. I don't know if you remember that, but... I remember I it, but especially I... Especially Disney movies. So. Cool. I think they must have just done it because they knew people wanted to take their kids to see the movies, so... Yeah, so you would see Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and... All sorts, Sleeping Beauty, all sorts. Wow, I did. They didn't yeah, do that theater. down here. Really? No, yeah. they did here. Yeah. Cool. They did up here in Colorado. Yeah, I, my don't. I have to admit that I didn't um, look into any Bambi. So, and here's the reason. Um, I was four when I saw that movie. It's the first movie I ever saw. I have a good memory of it. My mother said it scared me. Uh, but I don't remember that. I just remember it being an enjoyable experience with my mother, and I kind of just want to keep it safe and tucked away in that place of where you don't want to look at things ever again. Because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it might be a horrible movie. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake of going back and watching some John Hughes movies this co- last couple of years, and I was like, oh, oh, no. No, you shouldn't do that. Just keep them in the <laughs> 80s where they belong in your adolescence. It's fine. They're fine where they are. <laughs> so, so you haven't seen Bambi since you were four years old? I haven't seen it since I was a child. I don't know if that's the last time I saw it, but I haven't, I haven't seen it since I was really small. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Yep. So I remember I liked Thumper, but I think everybody does. So. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just not a whole, surprisingly, not a lot of deer in popular culture. A lot of... Um, a lot of tattoo art. People love deer on tattoos because I'm su- I assume it's because of the male uh, antlers or 
pretty graphic and fun to draw and fun to look at and stuff. So, um, but then there's John Deere tractors, which have almost nothing to do with deer. So it was like, well, what am I going to talk about? And so I found two things. I, I found a little teeny video game <laughs> that is 99 cents in the steam powered store. It is a parent child video game. And it is called The Deer. And it is an educational interactive experience for children. You are you play the role of an ancient deer during the Pleistocene era, the Ice Age, and you discover everything about this marvelous era through the um, adventures of this of this deer, this cartoon deer on the screen, and it looks adorable. <laughs> <laughs> the reviews are. I highly recommend you read the reviews because they're obviously by like gamers, like adult gamers that they're oh, like. No. What is this game about? Why am I playing a game for a seven-year-old child? Whereas oh, no. myself, I am twenty years older. Well, I don't know why. Would why? Why are you? <laughs> yeah. <for> a child. <laughs> what were you expecting? <laughs> oh, I love the comments. <laughs> I'll have to go and look at them. I normally don't read the comments, but I might. This have one's to go good. And look good at them. game. Very informative. Learned a lot about the place to see an epoch and. That's just what I wanted. (laughs) 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 Ah. (laughs) Ah, So funny. And then somebody put an estimate for a car repair shop review on here. (laughs) Oh, great. Sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, it looks cute. The, uh, The artwork is adorable and your child will enjoy it. So. Yes, and we've been Check playing the out. music in the background for it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was, uh, just very briefly, if you are a hunter in World of Warcraft and you would like a deer pet, there are many varieties for you to choose from <laughs> in the <laughs> World of Warcraft. There's the old world deer that you can find in the various places, but then there's some really gorgeous deer that are probably a little more elk-like out in uh, Pandaria. This is the first place to find them. No, let me think. No, I think you can find them in Cataclysm too. Anyway, there's a model of a deer that has just these enormous, beautiful antlers and and they're beautiful and, and rendered really well and skin's gorgeous and yeah, it's pretty. And then if you like to collect, hunt, collect uh, digital pets, battle pets, there are one, two, three, four, five different little deer fawns that you can get to battle with. And some of them can change their type to elemental. So um, definitely worth going after. And I have them all and they're adorable. So burp, burp. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah. And they're great. The, the, the brand new ones, this expansion, the Gleam Hoof and the Rescued, uh, they have this little am- animation where they like bounce around like Bambi, like they're all happy. They're like, blah, 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 like they frolic. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing? Frolicking. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and they're freaking adorable. <laughs> I like to eat. Oh, I like to eat too. Okay, so I've eaten venison, which is what deer meat is called. I've eaten it probably three or four times in my life. I've never liked it. And when somebody has asked me if I liked it or not, and I've told them no, I always get the same response from these guys that go out and hunt, because I know a few of them. And they're like, well, you just haven't had it the way I make it, the way I make it. 
I spice it up and I cook it just right and I and you you wouldn't be able to tell you would you would think it was beef and I'm like you know what just go buy some beef. So I have heard that the way to have good venison is from a deer that didn't know it was coming because I don't know if this is true. So let me just say that right up front. This could be hunters nonsense, uh, but I have heard from hunters that. If the deer, if you scare the deer, then it gets like adrenaline or something rushing through its body and then the muscle tissues kind of get ruined. Like the meat tastes kind of gamey and nasty if that's, if that happens. And so you got to get them like when they're not expecting you. And then that And you probably tastes- have to drop them like right on the spot too. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I don't know how much of that is true and how much of it is nonsense, but you can let us know at varmintspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I do not know if that's true or not. Hunters lie a lot. So just bearing that in mind, that's what I have heard. Um, the other part is that I've had venison right. and I like it just fine. I don't know. It doesn't taste like beef to me, though. Uh, yeah. I've had the jerky... See, I had jerky um, about two years ago, and it was, it was the fine. best jerky I've ever had, but I don't really good. count jerky because it's dried and it's so heavily spiced that I don't... I didn't feel like I was getting... It doesn't have to be spiced. Venison jerky doesn't... Uh, I think it's pretty strong flavor. I don't know if I'd put any... I don't know if I'd put spice This on was. Top it was really spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I agree with you that, you know, venison isn't a... Or jerky's not like a good gauge to tell no. how good a meat is but the jerky's good and the steaks are good and i don't know it's just they've yeah. always been really good and i've i've always had them from people that are that are really successful hunters and and good hunters so maybe cool. i don't know maybe the hunters stories that i ever heard are correct about the adrenaline and stuff i don't even know if, if deer have adrenaline so again <laughs> I don't know. Varmint's podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> so right. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> hey, Donna. Uh, yeah. Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Often. Well, let's help everybody win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the animal fact of the week. Is this your homework, Larry? Look, man. Do, it- please. There's tons of deer out there, right? No. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. Um, yeah, I was really surprised when I started doing the research on this that we've got some issues with deer populations in our country. And I know people are like, no way, there's a million of them in my backyard eating my flowers and stuff. And um, But uh, I found this really great site called DeerFriendly.com that has a whole bunch of articles regarding deer and they have all sorts of studies from u.s fish and wildlife and the parks departments and just all sorts of all the people that are responsible for managing deer health and i'm just going to read a couple a little bit from the article not it won't take very long but sure this is what they basically said although there are often comments in the media about the overabundant deer population the historical analysis shows the population of white-tailed deer returned to about pre-European settlement numbers by the year 2000. Data for the trend in the white-tailed deer population from 2000 and earlier is based on um, a a book called White-Tailed Deer Ecology, 
and is updated using current harvest data and state population estimates. A summary of historic mule and blacktail population estimates are in that book. Read a peer-reviewed research article demonstrating how public management decisions in California have contributed to the long-term decline of the deer population. And then the second paragraph says, uh, A Wall Street Journal article recently reported that the U.S. now has almost 30 million deer, 100 times more than a century ago, failing to point out that the deer population was almost hunted to extinction 100 years ago and that the whitetail population has approximately turned to its historic population size. But, as the harvest data suggests, it appears that the total deer population has started to turn down again in about the year 2000, and in some states in the West, with mule and black-tailed deer, the decline has been going on for decades. And wow. this is um, kind of scary. I looked into some of the problems with mule deer. I'll put some videos in the show notes that you can hear people working for fish and wildlife and, and stuff in uh, Wyoming talking about the mule deer populations. And basically they said about 100 years ago there were hardly any mule deer. They were incredibly rare. And then in about their numbers started to come back up again in about the uh, 20s and 30s. They started to be really abundant. And by the 50s and 60s, their population was back to pre-European settlement numbers. And after that, they started to fall de uh, really drastically, 70s and 80s and 90s especially. So some of this problem is fire suppression because it's killed. Fire suppression has killed the way that shrubs grow, that native shrubs grow. So they're not as able to find enough winter forage. Um, I know everybody thinks forest fires are bad and stuff, but they actually kind of need to happen because that's the way that nature renews itself. So, right. Um, <laughs> so fire suppression has, has caused um, damage to their winter feed. Uh, there's human encro encroachment and urbanization on their habitat, which is a huge problem. Oil and gas um, are huge problems for the mule deer. mule deer. They basically have interrupted their migration areas and again, hurt their winter forage. Um, mule deer in Wyoming travel 150 miles in a migration route from south to uh, the northwest area of the state every year. And it's incredible. They have to go across fences and rivers and all this other stuff <laughs> just to get to their winter forage land. And it's a, it's a pretty hard life, so yeah. making it harder for them is, is probably not a great idea. But then on top of all of this horrible stuff... Um, there's a significant population of the mule deer in our country who have chronic wasting disease, which is the deer version of mad cow. Oh, that so, sounds terrible. Yeah, it's very bad. And I didn't get a chance to read the article, but I'll try to find it and link it in the show notes. There was a panel of ecologists um, this year talking about what exactly are they going to do about CWD in the uh, mule deer population because it seems like it's more serious than anybody ever thought it thought it was. So, and uh, I'm going to give you this website, DeerFriendly.com, de decline of deer population, so you can look at the information yourself. They have a link to a zillion articles, and they have papers about it, and there's charts and videos and all sorts of stuff. And um, but some of the the headlines on the articles are sort of alarming. You know, 2016 Mississippi deer harvest lowest in 31 years from September of 2017. Louisiana's deer habitat in decline. Deer numbers in decline. Hunters face memory-making hunts. 
Um, hmm. All sorts of stuff. Just so while it may seem like we have a lot and they're certainly not endangered, um, we're not talking about a species that's in a safe place either. So, and all the all deer populations are going down since 2000. So. Wow. Even the whitetail, which are numerous. I mean, there's like 30 million of them, right? So right. they're numerous, but they're still going down. So, huh. And that's a little bit concerning. So, All right. There's this uh, chart that you really need to see on there, and I'll put that. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. It's called U.S. Deer Population from 1450 to 2014, and it shows you like this slow decline that goes down, and about 1750 takes a dive like almost nothing 1900 and then it starts to spike and then in 2000 you can see it clearly start to like dip again in that scary downward same angle so yeah it's a little bit scary so um if you want to learn about mule deer and you can and help them you can go to muledeer.org and learn all about the problem or search for the hash hashtag uh hashtag protect mule deer or no hashtag Project Mule Deer, and you'll find everything about it. All right. Yeah. All right. Hey, it's quiz time, Donna. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, but I don't hunt, so I'm probably going to fail. That's okay. I don't either. But there okay. is a there's a huge industry around deer hunting and things that will make you either quieter or not smell like a human. So there's some stuff out there that is kind of ridiculous, and some of this is real and some of this is fake. So you're going to guess which ones are real and which ones are fake. You ready? Ready. Okay. The first item is called a stalker decoy, okay? It's a 2D deer chest and head that you mount to your bow if you're bow hunting so that you can get close to a deer and to the deer that you're stalking. It just looks like another deer just kind of staring at it or walking close to it. Uh, It's lightweight. It has a built-in shooting window. It attaches and collapses in seconds. It's like a big cardboard cutout of a person, except it's a deer. It's ridiculous. Real or fake? Uh, so this isn't whether it works or not. This is just whether it's a thing or not, right? It, is it a thing or not? Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that's a thing. It is a thing. How much do you think it costs? Oh, I have no idea. $30. Uh, between 80 and $90. Wow. Yeah. All right, next item. This is called the Big Buck Chuck Electronic Mask. It is a realistically detailed plastic mask with an adjustable comfort wear strap that you wear. Uh, It has an electronic switch in it. When you open your mouth, the mouth on the mask opens and it emits a loud buck snort. When you take out the detachable antlers, the buck call automatically changes into an authentic doe bleat. Real or fake? Uh, fake. That is fake. I was inspired by Chewbacca Mom for this one. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the next item is called the Quaker Boy Thug Jug. The Thug Jug is extremely effective on bucks, does, and fawns. Simple operation for mistake-free, perfect doe bleats every time. Meh. It has a (laughs) protective cap on it to keep from debris from getting in there. There's a lift and lock tab that you can take off so that you can be real quiet carrying it around. And it is meant to be used in tandem with the meat hook grunt call. Real or fake? Mm, fake. That is a real item. The Quaker Boy oh. Thug Jug is a real thing. <laughs> and <laughs> so is the weird. Meat Hook Grunt Call. How much do you think it costs? Uh, 
Oh, you're close. Ten bucks. Oh, cool. All right. Next item is the Real Hoof Hunting Boot Outsoles, okay? So these are made for hunting boot sizes 7 to 18 in various widths. These mounts add one inch to the outsole of your boot, so they make you one inch taller. And they're made out of real deer hooves infused with anti-scent technology. The patented semi-honeycomb pattern masks the sound of a human foot on brush or grass, and it makes stalking quieter and easier. Real or fake? Uh, real. That is fake. I made that one up. (laughs) (laughs) There's no addition to your boot to make you quieter. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't think that it would have... I wouldn't think it would work, but it does sound like something someone might try. It's amazing. The the hunters will buy anything, anything to give them an edge, including this next item. It's called Mega Buck Squirt. It is the most... That's real. (laughs) <laughs> it's I'm just the most guess. it's the most powerful deer urine scent on the market. It's this highly concentrated deer and estrus urine scent can be detected by downwind bucks up to two miles away. It's highly recommended that you also buy the Mega Buck Squirt Enzyme Detergent to remove the scent from your skin, clothes, boots, and equipment. Real or fake? Real. It's fake. I just wanted to say Mega Buck Squirt. Well, I just thought that would be exactly what somebody would buy, and they would definitely call it yep. squirt. You should go into the deer hunting uh, uh, supplies business, because somebody would buy it. Marketing. I'll do marketing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two more items. The first one is the Scentmaster. This is a camouflaged 33-gallon box with a one-horsepower motor It recirculates heated 130-degree air, and it removes moisture and scent from your clothing, boots, and accessories. The Scentmaster. Hmm. Uh, real. That is real. I just guessed. How much do you think it costs? Um, I don't know. $50. Well, you can have one for the low, low price of $395. Really? Wow, dude. (laughs) Okay, the last one is also a machine. It's called the Boot Squasher. Now, nobody wants to have to break in brand new hunting boots on a hunt. So this four foot by four foot boot tumbler has a specially designed drum that uses motion and steam to gently but firmly put your boots through its paces so that you don't have to, saving you discomfort and blisters on the hunt. You simply insert a brand new pair of boots before putting the laces on, Add a few drops of specially formulated mineral oil to the reservoir, close the lid, push the button, and in two hours, your brand new boots will feel like you've worn them for years. Real or fake? Uh, fake. That is fake. (laughs) No. You just break in your boots like everybody else does by wearing them. I just can't imagine anybody that I know that likes to go hunting, uh, (laughs) actually thinking about that. Like, I need to buy a machine to break in my boots, because you don't buy new boots enough. Yeah, that was a kind of a dumb one. But, you know, there's a lot of things out there that are kind you of dumb fooled that me on the, buy. You fooled me on the other one, so it wasn't that dumb. <laughs> hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Varmints Podcast this week. This podcast, as always, has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo and music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks, guys. And also by you, the Patreon supporter. Thank you so much for kicking in a dollar or two every month to make sure that our podcast has a happy little home at Blazing Caribou Studios and that we can keep bringing it to you. Thanks also to Blazing Caribou Studios for giving us that happy little home, and we really do appreciate it. 
You're all very dear to us. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I have to play this. <laughs> this week on the Rugrat Corner, Sylvia returns. I love Sylvia. Here she is. She has something to say about deer, and she's warming up with a little song that you're going to Okay, good. Teddy bear, teddy bear, let's go, teddy bear. Come on, do 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 do. I love teddies. I have a rainbow. One do 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 do. Finished. <laughs> Finished. <laughs> so deer like swim in the water, and they. And they jump super high up into the air. And baby deer can, they're called fawns, and the baby deer only take half an hour to, to take their first step. That's super cool, right? <laughs> Once upon a time, a car ran over a deer and, um, and in the state by... The state biologist gave it to Daddy and Grandma Beth that died. She was my grandmother, uh, and she cooked it up for us. And we ate it for Christmas dinner. Be it. Do you like to eat grapes because they're really good? And they this eat wild grapes because, yeah. And they grow them in orchards where they make wine. And... I don't know what else to say. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> that was marvelous. But it's Thank time you, for Sylvia. us to hoof it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, again for listening. And until next time. <laughs> Be nice to animals. I gotta think of another one. I can't think of one. Meh. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios.